And welcome once again to Aging with Energy, the old guys travel show. Where your old guys, your guides, your old guides, that's what we should call it, the old guides travel show. Brought to you by the travel... Travel what? (laughs) Brought to you by the travel people. The travel guys. I think uh, I'm a little loopy here. Brought to you by the, the retirement sherbet. What's 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 travel duo? <laughs> the dynamic travel duo. No, it's it's the old guides. You see, get it, guys and guides. No one gets it. It's uh, brought to you by the retirement sherpa and the chamber plan. One of the uh, great joys of uh, getting older and being able to afford to... It's a great joy. I don't know if you know this. Able to afford and uh, be healthy enough to travel. Is uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, be able to travel with both of my kids. As the dad of, uh, you know, in a divorce, you... Most, uh, you get a, you know, a few weeks every year in the summertime where the kids are with you. And I, what I would do is every year I would plan a trip for the three of us. Early on, the three of us would go together. We went to, you know, we did, or, you know, we did uh, Florida. The three of us uh, did Boston. And then when they got a little older and commitments uh, and such, um, we started going on trips just me and one of them. Did you ever do that with your kids? Oh, yeah. A couple of times to Mexico. Just you and uh, Mel and Dan? Oh, without Without Del- No, just you on your own. Yeah, I guess you'd never oh. have to. Uh, no, you know, I did with Danny once. We went to Florida on a golfing trip, but I haven't done it with my daughter. I feel bad about that. Well, take a second. Just wallow in that sorrow. Uh, but, you know, and as a, as a dad in of, a, in a, of a divorced dad uh, styles, you know, you do a lot of, you know, we call them the daddy-daughter-daughter trips. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, I did a daddy-daughter trip with Spencer. Went to California. You know, we'll do that in another episode. The next year, we, I did a daddy-daughter trip to a place on my daughter's suggestion to Iceland. Which is an odd place, you know, around the around the twenty tens or so, according to my daughter. But it became kind of the cool place for young millennials, for you know, hipsters to go. It was kind of like a destination, and um, so I was part of the impetus to go to Reykjavik, which is where you land. And part of it was on a daddy daughter daughter trip in twenty fourteen to Cuba. We met this uh, group of kids, kids to me. They were in their late 20s, early 30s, but closer to my daughter's age. And we hung around with them. And I became friends with one of them who um, ended up moving to Iceland and marrying an Icelandic woman by the name of Bjorg Magnus' daughter. And I say her name because later I'll explain... uh, the origin of Icelandic names, and I think you'll be fascinated. Are, are you? Are you so far? Yeah. Did you say Bjork? Bjorn, something oh, like that. Okay. Bjorn. I think that Bjork was Bjork is from Iceland. Yes, yes, she is. Bjorn? And my friend is from Edmonton, and he decided to go live someplace even colder. 
than Edmonton. And his name was York. And uh, so that was part of the reason we went to Iceland. And so I was convinced to go on. And it was a fantastic time. We spent uh, not quite two weeks, but probably uh, closer to 10 days. This is in 2016. We went in the middle of the summer to Reykjavik. And uh, if you know anything about Iceland, you know that it never gets dark for uh, a few months in the summertime. Now, the rest of the year, sort of like in the fall to this spring, it only gets light for a couple hours a day. I couldn't do it. Oh, I couldn't do it either. And, and I mean like from two to four in the afternoon. But in the summertime, it only gets dark-ish from two to four in the morning. One of the things, and we stayed at an Airbnb, and one of the things everyone who lives there has are uh, blackout curtains. Because, you know, you go to bed at 10.30 at night, it's still, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like the middle of the day here. Fascinating. It really was. And because I knew somebody who lived there, it, could, it was such a soft landing because he took us to all the places you would want to go to in Reykjavik, and then also recommended a couple of sort of out-of-the-way things for us to do. Now, most people know Iceland is volcanic, and it's, it's old. And, and, you know, a guy like you that loves geography, man, the whole thing is like on, on, on a volcano and a... Uh, and a um, okay, I'm... Um, what are the things? Uh, glaciers. <laughs> I literally have it written down. Glacier and volcanic. Yep, yep, yep. So um, I'll just tell you, Reykjavik is a very small city. It's the biggest city in Iceland. The population of Iceland can't be more than 400,000 people, maybe 450. 350,000 people live in Reykjavik. So not a great, so easy to get around. Um, we had a car, rented a car. Because you want to basically get out of Reykjavik and go explore what they call the South Coast. There's a couple of things that everyone who goes to Iceland talks about or wants to do. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like this. They have all these geysers and hot springs. The famous being a place called the Blue Lagoon, which... You know, if you go on any website, it's one of the first things they mention. Oh, you must go to the Blue Lagoon. The problem with the Blue Lagoon, it's very touristy. And yes, it's a hot springs. It's rejuvenating. But there are a lot cheaper options. And so that was one of our stops. Charlie and I would go uh, two or three times. We went out of Reykjavik and did day trips, one of which was to a hot springs outside of Reykjavik. And again, back to geography, I, I always think about you in these situations. Sometimes when you're in and around Reykjavik and Iceland, it's like being on the moon. I can't describe it any other way. Because on the sides of the roads, it's not dirt. You're seeing volcanic material. And so there's ocean vistas. At the same time, there's all these, you know, rock um, side, huge rock outcroppings and waterfalls. So one of the things you do is you go to, you go to a hot springs um, outside of Reykjavik which is, again, much cheaper than inside of Reykjavik. On the same, just on the same day trip, we went to a, uh, we went to a, um, a waterfall. And you basically, it's, and, uh, you know, we, 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 part of the thing about the show is we're, you need to be a little bit in shape to walk up some of these, some of these things. Like, I, you know, you have to basically walk up the side of this, you know, they've got stairs. That's the other thing I want to tell you. Like, 
here in North America, you know, there's safety everywhere, you know, railings and, you know, whatever. Not there. You just walk up some stairs. You're sort of open. You go up the side of this rock outcropping. You're 50, 60 feet in the air, and this waterfall comes over you. It's fantastic. Those hot springs, do you go in naked? You do not, no. Okay. Especially when you're with your daughter. <laughs> yeah, that was part of it. You know, I, normally I would. Um, but, you know, if you've ever been in one of these, like if you've done the hot springs at Banff, it's very similar but the it's being fed by this volcanic, you know, the, the whole thing is a volcano. And, of sure. course, water coming down from these glaciers. I, I will tell you, you know, one of the things we did on the same day as the uh, waterfall trip is we went on, you know, you're we able to walk around and we, we found an outcropping and had bought some, uh, bought a baguette, bought some meat and some cheeses and some drinks and sat on the edge of this cliff eating our lunch and it was just stunning. Like I said, everywhere you look, it, it it's it's like no other geography I've ever seen. Quickly, I'll tell you though, in Reykjavik, um, I don't know. I'm, I've never been to a. I mean, you you said uh, in a recent episode you've been to Switzerland. Yes, I've never just the uh, one town just popped over the border. Right. Yeah. Now, I've never done like Norway or, you know, Denmark, Switzerland. So this is the most Nordic human beings I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. And um, my buddy who lives there is also a comedian, much like yourself. And, uh, you know, basically on the streets, all you see are really beautiful people and then not so beautiful people that look like us. And my buddy York's line is, Everywhere is a 10 or a 2. There's no in-between. Isn't Iceland an odd place for a comic to live? It, yeah. I mean, it's well, well, I'll get to that in a second. Huh. Yeah, he started a comic. He's a comedian from Edmonton and a writer. He actually worked for the, um, would be like the Now magazine of Iceland. And his wife was the afternoon show on RUV, which is the Icelandic CBC Oh, which I went and I went and did a little trip on my own. I went and watched uh, her show one day. She had me on. I wanted to see what radio was like in Iceland. But as you're walking along the streets of Reykjavik, a very modern city. uh, Yeah. Every other person you see is like, as he says, like it's like somebody from a Benetton ad, you know, tall, blonde, beautiful. And then the odd person walks by and it's like sort of a troll you know because the the place was settled by vikings and you know not everyone got the good genes interesting observation beautiful people ugly people yes now so i mentioned uh this glacier there's uh you you know you you it's i'm gonna every town i'm gonna mention i don't know that i'm saying the right on our way to this island which is called vesman yabrer on the way to this island which we took a ferry to and um i'm trying to think of the movie but there was a couple of giant rock outcroppings in the middle of the sea that were recently featured i think as star wars or something like this but on the way on the way there we had a car and there's a glacier that you can visit and it's about four kilometers off the main road and we did this and again you're sort of surrounded by mountainous vistas and then this giant glacier 
And again, I'm not saying the name of it. It's right, but it's a, a glacier near Asovactir. And and there were people coming in and out, but again, unsupervised. You know, it's like you're in a national park setting and there's nobody telling you what you can and cannot do, although they don't recommend you walk on the glacier for I don't know why. But uh, we did anyway. Did slip and fall. Well, yes. And everyone else was. Can I tell you a quick story? I guess liability hasn't set in there like it has in North America yet. If all this stuff is unsupervised and you're pretty much free to do what you want. So this was on another day. This is a really quick story. Charlie and I, and Charlie's a funny kid, you know, like good sense of humor, funny. Kind of like your kid, sort of. He just says shit that's funny. So we're, we come back to our car from the glacier because you can only park. It's a, probably about a, a kilometer walk from where you park to where you see the glacier. And we came back. And then we saw people. This is later in the afternoon. And we saw people with their families. And, but we're one of the last people to come out of this area where you go to see the glacier. And there's a young woman there probably early 30s, sitting at a picnic table, and she's telling us about her travels and how she was teaching in Saudi Arabia, whatever. And we all sit and have a, we had our snack and talked to her for about 20 minutes, an attractive woman. And there's no one else around but the three of us. You know, and we're having our little bread and cheese picnic. And anyway, we wrap up our visit, and uh, the young woman is going to be going off and looking at the glacier, and Charlie and I get back in the car. And as I say, it's about a four-kilometer trip back to the main road and about i don't know five minutes into the ride we're just listening to music and i don't know where charlie goes you know what daddy i said what's that honey we, t- we could have totally killed that woman and no one would ever know <laughs> i was like oh, wow <laughs> i was like i'm like what <laughs> she goes oh yeah like you know think about it there was no one around no one knew where she was and then she went through the whole thing that if we wanted to murder somebody that would be the perfect person to murder oh yeah and I didn't catch it. Was this a woman one of the good-looking ones or one of the ugly ones? No, she was definitely closer to a 10. Okay. Um, Mom, uh, a couple of questions off the top of my head yeah. would be cost. Yes, very expensive. Very expensive. Yes. And, you know, when we mention Italy or some other obvious countries, you have a pretty good idea what the cuisine is. What about Iceland? Well, um, yes, very expensive because, you know, it's hard to get things there. It's actually not expensive to fly there, though. At that time, as I said, it was kind of a the Icelandic tourism was trying to get people to go there. So we went on something called Wow Air. Very cheap to fly there. Not And the Airbnb was really one of the smallest I've ever stayed in. Very like uh, one bedroom. Charlie had a couch and... What you'd expect, two and three hundred euros, but very tiny. But every meal we had was, I would say, a third, maybe sometimes two thirds more expensive than that meal would be here, including two sandwiches, a couple of coffees, close to 40 or 50 bucks. But again, the cuisine, whale fat, stuff like that. Uh, so, yes, I'm getting to that. One of the, um, we went down to the pier again, I'm with York, and he told us there's a few things you have to do. One is we went to this island, Vestmanjabur, which was fascinating for a million reasons, not the least of which um, there's a lot of history around it. And it was a great day trip. And we golfed on that island. 
there was a golf course there in York, got us around playing there. And it was, again, one of the most stunning places I've ever played golf. Not a great golf course, but just visually amazing. And then one of the other things we did in Reykjavik is we went whale watching. Like, just off the coast of the city, it was about a 20-minute boat ride, and now we're watching whales, which was fascinating. <laughs> then, then we come back in, we saw a couple whales, and we come to the pier, and they're serving whale meat. Hmm. Barbecued whale meat, which I tried. Sure you would. Not bad. It sort of tasted like, um, because, you know, you know, whales are mammals, it tasted closer to steak. Kind mm-hmm. of oily steak. Pretty tasty. Wouldn't want it every sure. day. I'd and, try it. And the, and the last thing I'd say about Reykjavik, again, expensive, fascinating being in a place where it's light. Like, we went out for dinner on one of the last nights we were there and uh, with York and his wife and uh, Charlie and I. And as we were coming back for dinner, it was probably 11 o'clock, and we drove by the golf course in Reykjavik. And uh, I said, you know, we didn't get a chance to play, you know, midnight golf. But I said, can we just stop? I just want to see what the vibe is like. It's 11 o'clock at night. And there were guys, you know, on the first tee, getting their bags ready with pulling their little carts, just off, teeing off for their round at 11 o'clock at night. It was just, I just watched them go off into the distance. And again, it looked like it looks here in Toronto at 7 o'clock at night. It's not daytime anymore, but it's well light enough for you to play until, you know, two or three in the morning. Yeah, that would be something to experience. Again, I'd want to experience that, not the other side where it's dark in the middle of the day. Yeah. I know the great Dan Duran once um, went to a golf tournament way up north Ontario and the tee off was at midnight. Yeah, it's a famous famous tournament up there. So yeah. I'll just, just to recap. Definitely check out one of the many geothermal baths. There's also some stunning northern lights tours. You can camp outside of Reykjavik very easily, and a lot of sort of hippie kids still do. You can golf all night long. You can eat whale, walk on a glacier, and see some of the most beautiful scenery you've ever seen. I'll just say as a a way to wrap it up, definitely, you know, not the cheapest holiday. Can you answer this question that I remember from geography class as a kid? Yes. Why is Iceland green and Greenland ice? I, I don't, you know, I have no idea. Do you know? But just think about that. You look on a map. Yeah. Greenland is all ice. Yes. Iceland is all green. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I say, just want you to think about that. I'm going to think about it. And, and I'm, I just, I'd written this down. I wanted to say that it was one of the first times I'd ever used the magical Gig Sky hotspot. And we were coming back from a day trip that was a, like a two hour, three hour drive. We're in the middle of this moon like, you know, landscape. And because we had the Gig Sky with us, I just remember this was one of the sweetest afternoons of listening to music. Well, just driving along, and we had you know great connectivity because of this. And they're not even one of our sponsors. I just want you to know that. No, okay. I thought you were going to say one of those beautiful women gave you a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Uncle Vince. Uh, this has been another episode of Aging with Energy, the old guys, old guides travel show, brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chamber Plan. Did you tell where my head was at when you found me? 
on tapes Man, I thought I had everything I was lonely 